Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer broadcaster Dean Linky. Uniting coaches at every level of the game around the love of the game, we are United Soccer Coaches. Now, here's our host, Dean Linky. Great program coming your way. There is a collaboration between United Soccer Coaches, United Soccer Coaches Foundation, Footy Market, which you can find at footymarket.com, and Josie Altador, and Josie Altador's Urban Soccer Initiative that is happening. It's exciting. It's a way for underprivileged to get soccer boots and bags and pennies and everything they need to get out there and play and perhaps play at the highest level. Who knows? We're trying to make Make that happen. Going to love the discussion off the top with Amanda Mitchell, the development officer for United Soccer Coaches, as well as Bijan Esmaili, who is the founder of Footy Market, who will tell you why he and Josie Altador, who is the lead ambassador for Footy Market, joined forces with United Soccer Coaches and United Soccer Coaches Foundation. It's pretty neat. Ian Barker with Summer Around the Corner. So many opportunities for all of you to get advanced education, advanced diplomas, maybe go to the Women's World Cup and be a part of a great group with Nancy Feldman and April Heinrichs. You name it, United Soccer Coaches can give it to you. Ian Barker will get us up to speed. And then finally, speaking of the Women's World Cup, I caught up with Alexi Lalas, of course, a superstar U.S. player and a superstar with Fox. He's going to be over there for the Women's World Cup for Fox. He talks about that and all things related to soccer in this country. I caught up with him when we were in Chicago for the United Soccer Coaches Convention. But we begin after this message from our presenting sponsor, TeamSnap. Still managing your club or league on paper and spreadsheets? Go paperless with TeamSnap. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, they have way fewer paper cuts. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with TeamSnap. Go to TeamSnap.com to learn more. I am Dean Linky, delighted to be with you for another edition of our United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Got a great show today. Alexi Lalas will join us a little bit later, but right off the top, we're excited to talk about yet another outstanding collaboration that is all about United Soccer Coaches, United Soccer Coaches Foundation, Footy Market, as well as Josie Altador's Urban Soccer Initiative, mixing it all together. Steering that wheel is Amanda Mitchell. We've grown to love her on this show. She's the development officer for United Soccer Coaches. We'll say hello to her first. Amanda, thanks for being with us. Dean, so happy to be back. Happy to be here. And then we've also got the founder of Footy Market, Bijan Esmaili, is calling us from out in Northern California. Bijan, great to have you on the program. Thank you for having me, Dean. I appreciate it. And we're also promising you at some point, either on this program or a future program, Program, Josie Altador, who's doing what he does. He's training to win an MLS Cup, of course, and hopefully continue to be a part of the U.S. national team. But obviously, he's a key part of this as well. All right, let's get started. Open-ended to both Amanda and Bajan. Just, if you can, discuss the collaboration between United Soccer Coaches Foundation, Footy Market, and the great Josie Altador. Yeah, so this really, uh, Dean, came out of, of some conversations when I initially joined United Soccer Coaches about a year ago now. And, you know, Bijan and Josie reached out and said, we have this idea of how we can give back to the community. We really want to launch this Josie Outdoor Urban Soccer Initiative in collaboration with Footy Market. And Bijan can speak to the amazing stuff Footy Market is doing with that. And really what it started with is Josie said, I want to impact coach training in convention cities moving forward, how can we do that? And so we really started and launched executing two urban soccer diploma courses in convention cities. We actually just hosted our second one in Chicago this past weekend with America Scores Chicago. And so, again, he just really feels that, you know, urban setting and urban players trying to get access for them to have playing time, battling the pay-to-play space. But also he understands that, you know, having quality coaching is a big part of that. And this is his way to try and accomplish and solve all of these problems plaguing urban soccer at the moment. Big time message. And Bijan, I want you to add to that, but then I also want you to tell everybody about Footy Market and where people can learn more about it as well. The floor is yours. Well, Amanda has been absolutely fantastic. Josie, Josie and I sat down a little over a year ago about how 
who could have an impact um, in in the soccer world. And there's been so many um, issues between not making the World Cup and uh, the cost of soccer going up in this country with, with pay-to-play increasing, seems like, every year. Travel costs, equipment costs, uh, coaching costs, registration fees, and then equipment costs. So Josie and I thought, you know, one of the things that we felt we could probably put together is a program that could help mainly lower-income families have a, an equal opportunity. And so we thought, you know, the best way to do this is to find the right partner. And by having the right partner, it sort of it, it, it allows us to not only expedite the process a little quicker, but also it, it extends the reach. And when we first, Josie and I sat down and, and outlined who we want to meet with, um, I mean, we, we met with Sunil Galati, we met with you know, all, all the top people, and we, we met as well with, uh, with Amanda. And Amanda said... You know, Bijan, politics aside, we want to embrace this, we want to collaborate, we want to share this impact, and we want to move this thing forward. So we, we literally just went back and forth through not only emails, but a lot of phone call conversations, including Josie on, on the calls as well. And every single time we'd get off, Josie and I, we'd stay on the phone and we'd talk about, like, how wonderful it is that we, we have the same uh, aligned vision as United Soccer Coaches and Amanda and, and Lynn as well. So I think this is something that Josie and I are looking as a legacy, perpetual, ongoing program that, that can have impact for long period, not, not just the short term. And uh, United Soccer Coaches shares that. We're working together on implementing pieces here and pieces there, and it's growing and it's having impact. And at the end of the day, we're, we're beyond excited to be sharing this with them. Footy market, for those just listening in now, and maybe they're driving around, and they're like, footy market, I know it, but I don't know it. Tell us what footy market is, where people can learn more about it. Well, well footy market, the idea or concept was to create an online um, platform where we could, in a way, create a soccer community for soccer people, by soccer people, where... If, as an example, Dean, your son or daughter outgrew their soccer shoes, generally a lot of soccer families have equipment or gear sitting around the house and it's sitting idle or they get, they get thrown away. And when you buy shoes these days, um, they've gone up in price. And, uh, you know, if you have a, a, a child that outgrew their shoes, do you throw those in the garbage? Do you throw them in the garage and do they sit there? Or what, what do you do with them? And we felt that if we could put together an online sort of program where your son or daughter could post them, take a picture of them, post them, sell them, earn a little bit of money back for purchasing them, they were still generally in good shape, and then find, create a, a, an affordable option for someone else out there who maybe couldn't afford something brand new and um, could have... Uh, could create an, an equal opportunity for them to have the same kind of equipment as others that were, were competing for positions in, in the soccer world. So footy market is F as in Frank, O-O-T-Y-M-A-R-K-E-T, footymarket.com. That's where you can access it. And we also have a donate component as well, which uh, for, for those that want to donate instead of sell it, um, you can donate as well. The more people that know about this, the more it's going to help. That's the objective. Footymarket.com, where soccer players buy and sell their gear. In front and center, you see Footy Market's ambassador, Josie Altador, who we mentioned already. We're going to talk more about. You can buy, sell, donate, as he said. And they emphasize the beautiful game, Gear Exchange, empowering, assisting, and connecting the soccer community through our one-stop marketplace for pre-owned and unused shoes, gear, and equipment. I'm all in. I'm actually am one of those guys, two boys that um, are now done with soccer there in college. I have some gear. I got to get on the program and definitely get it to you. And Amanda, 
I mean, I'm already in. I'm sure you are as well. That's why the collaboration. But short and long-term goals uh, with this collaboration. I'm bought in as well. Uh, just in, in terms of talking about this collaboration and kind of where it all fits together. Um, really one of the long-term goals is Lynn and myself and United Soccer Coaches see the value in what Bijan and Josie are trying to do through Footy Market. As you're on the website, you can see a testimonial from Lynn about Footy Market's willingness to give back to using this again as a platform to give back and impact coaching education and what coaches are trying to accomplish so whether it's a coach being able to go on there they know they have a kid that can't afford shoes right there we're trying to give them equitable access in terms of finding really quality equipment for maybe a little bit lower price than what you'd be paying retail in the store trying to use just different methods whether it's the coach trainings with the urban soccer diplomas in convention cities or getting coaches access again equitable access to to some top quality equipment Um, all of those cogs in the wheel are playing together to to move this initiative forward and just trying to elevate the game that we all love in using these different models to to accomplish that. Can you add on uh, some of your goals for Footy Market uh, with this collaboration, short and long-term, please, Bijan? Initially, it was just to extend the reach and and marketability and branding of the product and to really provide more access to uh, the platform. But as, as Josie and I and Amanda and Lynn sat down in Chicago and spoke and met and, and, you know, enjoyed our time together and discussed ideas, it sort of evolved into more opportunities. And so uh, Amanda and Lynn said, look, we want to create this scholarship fund and we want to provide coaching education. And I think, Josie, you um, lending your name and your, your actual desire to help will, will, will really provide a huge opportunity for us to, to build this out. And it wasn't something that was in a, in a contract. It wasn't something in an initial discussion. It was something that we, as friends and, and having the same aligned objective, um, sort of extended into a, another opportunity. And so they did a whole, uh, and I'll let Amanda get more into this, but a course in Haiti and um, a coaching, coaching education course. And, you know, Josie was, was so excited. He, he actually went out there probably uh, a few days prior to that. And you know, the, the, these types of impacts are something that maybe aren't initially written down, but I think just collaborating together and talking and discussing and bringing other people in as well just provides more sort of channels and ideas to, to really have impact. I think one of the beautiful things, like he mentioned, um, us, you know, having phone conversations about this and being able to meet face-to-face in Chicago, um, I think when you look at, you know, Lynn's vision for United Soccer Coaches and how the foundation plays such an impactful part in that, how Footy Market is trying to impact the game with their initiatives, and then Josie's just personal commitment to wanting to get back to soccer, the beautiful thing about this collaboration is how organic it has been in terms of just like-minded people coming together to create the best impact that we can, furthering, you know, Josie even just the course we did down in Haiti, 60 coaches, just the connection that that has to his personal story um, with his family being from Haiti and his his connection to be able to be down there. Um, again, it's just one of these beautiful collaborations and partnerships where all the stars are aligning that it's, it's, it's truly going to be something magical as we move forward, you know, year after year, just kind of adding the different pieces to it. And it sounds like Bijan, with everybody having the right goals here, and it's clearly to help people that need Need help, particularly getting merchandise. When you have somebody like Josie Altidore, from where you sit, Bajan, as a high academia guy out there in a high academia world, it's got to make you feel pretty good about this guy wanting to use his philanthropy to help with access to the sport for all athletes, right? I am so proud of him because I've known him since he was a young teenager, and I've seen with a lot of athletes, they lend their name to something to market or promote it, but they don't necessarily actually start and, and initiate a program from scratch. And, and he, he and I sat down, and when we first brought this up, it wasn't something that he was going to market and promote. It was something that he wanted to have his hands in, decision-making in, being on the phone calls, being in the meetings, and be active in terms of having impact and the decision-making. So... Watching how it's evolved and now at a latter stage of his career and seeing how passionate he is on having impact. Um, and I think part of it, Dean, is, is his upbringing, you know, growing up and not having a lot. I think it's, it's shaped his 
his his feelings and thoughts on on really making sure that he can have as much impact on ha- helping people that went through those same sort of parts in their journey as well. So uh, I'm I'm so proud of him. I really am. I always tell him that, but I, I genuinely am. Jean, you were great about uh, essentially telling us that you have known Josie since he was a teenager and you saw that tipping point on him wanting to be involved in this. What about you? What was your tipping point to say, hey, I want to create this footy market? What was your tipping point that made you want to do this? I grew up playing soccer. I played soccer at UC Berkeley and I played a little bit after. So I've been in the soccer space per se most of my life. I coach still and just watching the evolution of coaching since the mid 80s when I was in college, um, things have changed a lot. I mean, incredibly different than when I first started coaching, including again, the costs and the, the dynamics of access to information and like with United Soccer Coaches providing coaching education or providing uh, uh, the dynamics of, of development for different age groups. I think from from my perspective, being in that environment and then seeing with Josie a little over a year ago when the U.S. did not make the World Cup and him and I talking about how many kids probably slipped through the cracks that aren't seen. They're just, they're not seen. And maybe they're a single parent you know, uh, family. Maybe they don't have the financial means to make a competitive soccer squad that doesn't go to a national tournament that doesn't provide colleges to 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 see them, which this allows them to have the opportunity to maybe play on the national team. So it's all connected, and it's sort of, in a way, the evolution has been incredible and great and positive. But in some respects too, it's been slightly toxic. So Josie and I thought, you know, if we could create something that could, could, in a way, build on its own and grow and evolve, and the more people that participate, the more it will help each other, and it's something even years after we're not around, it can still help them. We felt that this is something that we had to sit down and actually not just support, but actually implement. I completely appreciate that answer. And then, Amanda, as we wind down this uh, time here with both you and Bajan, there you go again. You did this great thing with Target. You reached that high water mark with Al Albert and raising a, just a ridiculous amount of money for endowments and everything else. What was your moment where you said, well, here's another no-brainer I'm bringing to the table, Amanda. You're good at bringing these no-brainers. These are great causes. What made you know that it was indeed a no-brainer? You know, Dean, anytime folks come to me with the enthusiasm that both Bijan and Josie had about wanting to contribute to solving what they view and many of us view as a problem plaguing not only youth soccer, but youth sports. When you bring that excitement, it, it the no-brainer kind of blew past me um, in the initial email. Again, just my upbringing and, and my family's connection to soccer and, and being able to play the sport, being able to, to not worry about where my next pair of cleats were coming from and, and those kind of pieces and seeing how you know being involved in the sport shaped who I am and who my younger brother is. People come with that much enthusiasm and excitement about wanting to be part of something, but also, again, wanting to be active in, in participating in it and not just saying, here's a project, now go execute. When they, when they truly want to be part of, of the movement of it, yeah, no-brainer from email one. Yeah, no-brainer for me as well. I'm thinking now not only about the soccer shoes. I know I've got soccer bags. I know I've got shin guards. I think I've got shorts, even pennies. Like, is all that stuff things that uh, we can put on footy market? 100% absolutely, Dean. This is, there are kids out there where their parents say, hey, the kid comes home from, from competitive tryouts or whatever it is, and, hey, mom, I need this, this, and this, and the mom looks and says, I, I, can't, I can't do it. And I think having this as an option, an affordable option for families, it's just going to provide more of an equal playing field for for all. And that's the hope, really. At at the end of the day, that's the hope. And so, yes, Dean, post all the goodies today, please. All right, I'm going to do it. (laughs) And I also got to make sure, as Amanda will tell you, I've got to inform our audience. So I need both of you to repeat websites, repeat emails, phone numbers, whatever you guys need. So, Bajan, I'll start with you. Amanda, you can put a stamp on it. It might be the same ones, but where can people go to find out everything they need? Footy Market is www.f as in Frank, O O T Y 
M-A-R-K-E-T, footymarket.com. And if anybody has any questions whatsoever, needs any help, anything whatsoever, please send me an email. I'll, I'll get it. It's info, I-N-F-O, info at footymarket.com. And, and I'll promise I'll, I'll return the, the email to you. I believe you, Amanda. Anyone um, of our members or introductory members or people who are just checking out our website, we also have a link to, to Footy Market and the Josie Altador Urban Soccer Initiative on the foundation area of, of our website. So if you go to www.unitedsoccercoaches.org backslash donate, or when you're on the main page, hit the donate tab. It'll take you right there, and it pops up on on uh, kind of the foundation area of the landing page. You can see a lot more about the project, what the foundation is doing, and, and other landscapes. And then, obviously, feel free to email me anytime, amitchell at unitedsoccercoaches.org. Happy to chat about this initiative as well as the thousands of other things we have going on to try and increase elevation of the sport, but then also get equitable access to coaches and players alike. I love your passion. I love of the passion of Bajan and as Bajan already said the passion that Josie Altador is bringing to it we will hear that at some point as well on this program footymarket.com f-o-o-t-y market.com get there get active make it happen Bajan and Amanda you guys are always making things happen thanks for kicking off our show Thanks, Dean. Thank you so much for having us. I appreciate it. Pretty fantastic indeed. Speaking of fantastic, Ian Barker, Director of Coaching Education for United Soccer Coaches, is up after this message. Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Welcome back to our United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. I want to thank Amanda Mitchell, the great folks at Footy Market, telling us about that collaboration with Josie Altador. Going to remind you to go to footymarket, F-O-O-T-Y market.com. As promised, when we went to break, we said Ian Barker, the Director of Coaching Education for United Soccer Coaches, is up next, and he's with me now. Ian, always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you for having me, Dean. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's the right time to talk to you. It's always the right time to talk to you, but summer right around the corner, and the education space is really starting to heat up. So I really want you, Ian, to talk about what we have coming up for education offerings. And then as you're doing that, lead us into discussing the summer advanced diplomas. But let's start with the education offerings. Certainly for coaches who are limited in time and money um, or a particular type of learner, if they access our app, which is free, our online resource library, which is free, or they look for some of our coaching um, online courses and our give-and-go newsletter. There's a ton of educational content there. It's extremely accessible. And then all around the country, uh, probably a dozen courses a weekend. We've got three- to six-hour in-person courses for grassroots coaches um, so they can sort of roll out of bed, go down to the, the soccer field they probably work on, and there'll be an instructor there, and they'll work with their club and some of the people from other clubs. So we have those offerings. So, again, you know, trying to make it affordable for people time and money-wise. Of course, many coaches, uh, club coaches, high school, college, they look at the summer, uh, and certainly the winter too, but the summer is our busiest time, for a slightly more substantial experience, maybe a residential or a couple of long weekends. And so we're offering... Uh, 40-hour residential courses this summer and uh, the same course but over two long weekends of about 21 hours um, if people have to get back to work Monday through Friday. And we'll be everywhere from San Francisco to um, Boston. Um, We'll be all over the country, uh, east, west, and north, south through the through the May, June, July period. Ian, I've heard you talk about it, and I've been around enough coaches as well at every level, youth, high school, college, pro, even administrators. And I feel like to a man, to a woman, and even from your lips, you have witnessed so many 
people kind of changing their direction in the most positive way by doing the advanced diplomas or even just doing a, a one-off education thing, or even like this week, ironically, showing up to see Todd Yegley at work as part of the open access to these incredible university programs. You have seen all of them make a big difference. I think when I started, I went thinking I would um, learn exclusively positive ideas. And what you do find is very often the majority of the content you get, you're going to bring back and use. But there's a couple of things in there that you might say, you know what, that doesn't, that's not going to work for me. That, that, that won't work in my high school setting. What the college coach just showed me wouldn't work. So I think a, a discerning learner finds value in everything they see. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be stuff they're going to use. It might be stuff that they, they're going to build towards or that they've already exceeded. Um, so there is, there's a ton of learning from, from the staff coaches. But then without a shadow of a doubt, my experience is that the, being on the, the side of the equation of a, a candidate coach with 20, 24, 34 other people um, going through what you're going through are the, is the networking and some really significant lifelong uh, friendships. So I took a, a course back in 95 and somebody I keep in touch with today is the head coach of Vanderbilt, Darren Ambrose. Um, we were skinny and young and stupid back then, <laughs> and now we're wizened and senior. Um, but they're friendships and networking that you get in these courses, too. And I think, you know, if people have been to convention and have seen that type of vibe at convention, it's very much the vibe you can get at the coaching schools. Also understand that um, I think it's you, but I know it for sure United Soccer Coaches, but I imagine you as well. You'll also be doing some stuff around the Women's World Cup. Is that right? There's a group going, a group of coaches, um, and they're going to be led by Nancy Feldman of Boston University and April Heinrichs. Okay. So we're uh, two group leaders, if you will, um, who'll be doing some education for um, right now. I think we're targeting about 40 coaches. So I think it's going to be a 10-day trip to France, uh, three games, I believe two U.S. games, but kind of a nice opportunity to be tour-led by a woman who captained a World Cup winning side and a woman who is um, one of the, the most esteemed and experienced coaches in Division One college. So that's a really special trip, and there is still space uh, if people would like to go to France uh, with us. Great promo, as always, Ian, and it also kind of leads to what you have reinforced on this program, that is... United Soccer Coaches has something for everybody. But you also say, hey, I know that uh, the U.S. Soccer Federation has some stuff and there's some other things going on. And you don't say, like, hey, only do us. It's a good point. There are, there are some, uh, many coaches, there are some courses they kind of have to take to be able to coach at the, uh, where, they, where they want to coach. So at the grassroots level, you've got to go through your background check and maybe take the concussion, uh, concussion awareness. Um, there are some leagues and entities, um, some in U.S. youth soccer especially, that actually require the coach to have a United Soccer Coaches Award or a U.S. Soccer Award in order to coach in that state cup or the regional league or national league. And, of course, uh, U.S. soccer controls the academy system, and so there is an expectation you have your um, U.S. soccer badges in order to, to coach in the academy system. And that, that's the way it is um, worldwide. However, what, what my colleagues, Scott Flood and Zach Crawford and the guys at U.S. Soccer can attest to is, is very similar to us, is the majority of coaches come to learn, um, and it's based on how much time they've got, what type of learning they want to have, um, and so on and so forth. So we're, I think we're all very fortunate that the American soccer public has a particular thirst for education that exceeds that of a lot of European and South American countries. So that's a credit to the American soccer community. And um, I think there's enough different philosophies and methods and attitudes in the American coaching education space that are not contradictory and they are not opposed, but they're quite diverse. And right now, there's quite a lot of differentiation between the way we teach and what we're presenting and the way that my colleagues at U.S. Soccer are doing and I think these are the difference. I think that's good for the, the U.S. soccer community. I like having you on, Ian, because you're 
so well versed on everything that's going on with United Soccer Coaches, not just the coaching education part. And that includes the fact that United Soccer Coaches is all inclusive. You name it, they've got it covered. And here, right before you, we've got Josie Altador and his Urban Soccer Initiative collaborating with Footy Market and United Soccer Coaches Foundation to make sure everybody that needs shoes or needs a bag or needs pennies, they get that. And I know you love that part of what United Soccer Coaches is doing as well. It's interesting you say that because I think when you get in the space of trying to be inclusive, um, it can be quite controversial too. So almost sometimes the harder you try uh, to get it right, in quotes, um, you can actually disappoint people. So it's a, it's a tough thing to do, uh, but I credit the association with trying to do it. The, um, the urban notion um, and we were just recently at U.S. Soccer Foundation in D.C., and my colleague Vince Gansberg does a ton of work in this space. Mm. Urban is fine. What we're actually really talking about, though, is maybe underserved. So, you know, in rural Minnesota, there's a lot of underserved soccer communities um, that are different but equally underserved from an urban community. So I think when we're in these spaces, we're looking at um, we're looking for, for groups or individuals that can really do with some extra equipment or maybe uh, some coaching resources. And if that means driving two hours into uh, rural Kansas or it means uh, driving 20 minutes across to Kansas City, Kansas, uh, so be it. Finally, Ian, how many years now in this position of Director of Coaching Education for United Soccer <laughs> Coaches for you? Um, despite your boyish good looks, Dean, I have um, been in this role uh, for seven years and one month and about 18 days not that i'm counting but it's been seven years um and i think um it's gone really quickly it's probably longer than i was expecting um but i still i still have a little bit of energy for it and i'm very blessed to be surrounded by good staff with allison and robin um, and certainly my colleagues david and vince so i feel like we're still putting content out there that's useful and, and vibrant. Uh, so we'll keep doing it for a little while longer. Well, there you go. And I'm, this will be the last question. And the reason I asked that is uh, people that know you know that you could be a college coach about anywhere you wanted to be and perhaps do other things. But what makes you wake up every day with a big smile to do this role for United Soccer Coaches? Well, thank you for asking that, because I get asked that question a lot by 30 under 30s in the career advice part. And... Um, there's a couple of other things I'd like to do before I, I'm done. But right now, if I had to put my finger on, on why, and this only comes after just you know, years of experience, is I think if we do it right, if we do soccer right, you can really make communities stronger and healthier. Um, I think just because it's soccer and it's sports doesn't mean necessarily that it's a good thing. So if you don't do it right, if, you, if it gets too competitive in the wrong space or the coaches have poor, poor protocols or the parents aren't engaged properly or the athletic administration isn't supportive, soccer can actually have some potentially negative impacts on communities or some, some downside. But I do think if we're willing to get into the space of talking about it, sharing about it, sharing educational ideas, the amazing amount of time and commitment that volunteer coaches and administrators put in, I think you can make healthier communities for young people. So, that could be with lacrosse, it could be with baseball, it could be with drama and art, but I just happen to be in the soccer space. And if we can all make a modest contribution to improving our communities, that seems like a worthwhile initiative. Finally, thanks for being such a strong proponent, not only of this podcast, but of any podcast that is for the good of the game of soccer in this country and throughout the world. Yeah, it was um, great to have about a dozen at the convention, and I hope that that number doubles next year. Um, anybody who's willing to get into the space of taking on the social media podcast, God bless them, because it's just more information for, for the community. Ian Barker, Director of Coaching Education and a great friend of the program. Ian, thanks so much for being with us. You're welcome, Dean. Ian Barker, always great on our United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Another man who is going to be involved in the Women's World Cup in France, Alexi Lalas, the talking soccer icon from Fox. He will be over in France for, I believe, all of it. You'll hear his opinions. He's never shy. We caught up with him at the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Chicago. He talks about that and all things U.S. soccer after this message. 
Summer is right around the corner, and so are United Soccer Coaches Summer 2019 Advanced Diplomas. Take advantage of our advanced diploma offerings and challenge yourself in your coaching education. We offer residential or two-weekend formats to fit your schedule needs. Get more information or register for your next course at unitedsoccercoaches.org slash education. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. We can't be at the convention. We can't do it without talking to one of the most legendary American soccer icons of all time. Proud to say that I had a pretty good view of it, saw it coming. Yeah, Lexi Lawless, 92 Hello, Olympics, Hello, 94 sir. World Cup, and love your work. Love that you always have time for us Thank here at you. United Soccer Coaches. And you do. I mean, it seems like you hear United Soccer Coaches. I know it's not MLS. I know it's not U.S. soccer, but you get it. No, it's, it's a celebration of something that I hold near and dear, and that's the impact and the power that coaches can have on the game, uh, that, but coaches can have on the individuals that they come across. And not even, yeah, the kicking the ball, I, I get that, but it's even more so uh, because, you know, while we concentrate on making better soccer players, we also recognize that um, in doing so, I do believe we have a responsibility to make better people. These are the young men and women that are going to lead our country, uh, and it might not have anything to do directly with kicking the ball, but you are molding and shaping them and giving them the tools to survive uh, in a world and to lead our country. And so, uh, you know, that's a long way of saying that it's a, it's a labor of love. I have a tremendous amount of respect for all the coaches at all the different levels and all the, the challenges that they, that they go through. And this is a great opportunity for everybody to kind of come in, share best practices, to, to talk things out about what's going on in the, uh, in the landscape of uh, American soccer, which is something that we constantly are talking about and constantly looking to tweak and change and we all have our different opinions and it's fun to bring all those opinions together in one place. Alexi Lala, superstar on Fox as well and Alexi you know we had you on about a month ago before they hired Greg Berhalter and Mm -hmm. You, as always, the great soundbite. Look, we know it's going to be a Greg Berhalter. What's going on? Why don't they just say it's Greg Berhalter? Okay, so now it is Greg Berhalter, and what's your take on that? Well, I mean, I think he's going to be given some time, uh, not too much time, uh, and and we will have some patience in terms of our judgment of him. But he knows, and if he was here, he'd tell you the exact same thing. He's going to be judged on results. I think this summer with the Gold Cup is the first time that we're really going to look at it hard and say, is this uh, style of play and all these different words that we throw out kind of coming to fruition in that whether we agree with it or not because I think he's done a really good job over the last month of articulating this is what I want to do and we don't, like I said we don't have to agree or not but he's articulated it uh, the way that he wants to play we do have a blueprint to a certain extent with, with Columbus and the, and the teams that he's been involved with but now you have to see it on the field the first camps here uh, happening right now we'll have some games but uh, albeit with only MLS players because of this, uh, the, the European players which are going to be very very important going forward um, he's going to have to manage uh, egos and and personalities, as every coach does, but I am I am cautiously optimistic. But I am optimistic, and in, in, in an American soccer world, where certainly over the last year there's been a lot of pessimism and cynicism. And, and negativity towards this team, but it's spread out to much more negativity towards the soccer world. Are we going in the right direction? Or is the system broken? All of these different things. I feel that we've kind of turned that corner. We had a big summer coming up with the Women's World Cup on Fox, with the Gold Cup on Fox, all of those different things that I'm privileged to be a, a, a part of. So a lot of good things and a lot of positive things going forward, not the least of which is finally having a men's national team coach. All right, and we're going to get to the women in a second, but staying with the men, it's kind of interesting even Michael Bradley came out and said, hey, I'm only 31. I still have some time left. And I think the poignancy of that comment was Burrowder's going to have some big decisions on how much youth and then how much veterans because obviously the last few World Cups, too many veterans, I think, is what they were saying, right? Right. Um, so what's your take on that combination? Well, look, I think Michael Bradley, from a physical perspective, it's never a question. I certainly think that he can play a part and contribute. To the extent that he has in the past, maybe not. But Greg Berhalter might be looking at it from a pragmatic standpoint saying, all right, maybe I use some of these guys to get us to the World Cup and then I make a change. Because keep in mind, even talking to you know people like Bruce Arena, uh, and, and I would even think had Jurgen Klinsmann continued on, they were going to make some changes. And the World Cup team that, that if they had qualified would have taken the field this past summer in Russia might have looked very different than that qualifying team. So just because you have a team that qualifies doesn't mean, and I 
I've seen this before, you don't always dance with the ones that brung you. And that's not, a, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And I do think in this particular case with this national team, I think that there, there should be an emphasis on a clean slate and starting anew and fostering a new group of young, hungry talent that takes ownership and, and responsibility to say, you know what, what happened was a failure, but it's not going to happen on my watch going forward. And if you have too many of those older, I know it's a bad word, players involved, I think you risk, it's not that they taint it, it's just it's a constant reminder of the past at a time when you should be looking forward. Now, if you remember 1950, then 40 years, then 1990, then every World Cup except this one, right. in your mind, and I know you won't give me a superficial answer, but do you feel like there's enough stabilization, the academies are getting their stuff together, it's coming together where we won't ever have a break again? Uh, no, we will at some point, the soccer gods will look down and say, it's your time and we will not qualify for the World Cup. I hope that's not going to happen. I think with the understanding and the, the you know, very, very painful lesson that was learned, I don't think that it's going to happen again in this cycle. And then obviously in 2026, uh, you know, unless something ridiculous happens, we're going to get an automatic bid. So for the next couple of World Cups, I think we're, we're okay. But you never rest on your laurels. As you know, CONCACAF continues to get bigger and better. Um, and it's not just the United States states and Mexico that are that are going at it. So I, I, I don't think that we are going to have another fall of 2017 moment for a long time. And I certainly hope that we don't do. But let this be a lesson to all of us, whether we're kicking the ball or not, that we cannot get complacent and we have to continue on. And we are far from perfect. The system is not broken, but it, it is certainly far from perfect. And there's a million different components to that. You know, NCAA and pay to play and all the different stuff the development at a young age specialization all, all that kind of stuff that goes into this conversation but I still remain incredibly bullish about the future of soccer in the United States whether it's qualifying for a World Cup or whether it's developing a, a player you know like a Christian Pulisic that can then get sold and be recognized uh, to be one of the world's great players as opposed to a great player uh, who is American uh, or a great American player, a great player who just happens to be American, which is what Christian Pulisic is right now. Here with Alexi Lala, soccer icon, perhaps the best soccer soundbite out there as well. And Alexi, Major League Soccer, incredible. Everybody knows the Atlanta crowd mm -hmm. as well. Austin is going to get announced as a team next week. Don Garber backing off the notion of a set number. <laughs> I don't think it's going to stop, right? I mean, it's going to keep going. Well, especially when people are willing to pay, and now we're into the $200 million range for an expansion team. Yeah, if you have people that want to continue to buy into this, literally buy into it with the money, but also buy into what MLS is as a, you know, you want to get into it now. I mean, the fact, Dean, that you know, 10, 15 years ago, you could have had an MLS team for, what, $10 million or something like that, even less, uh, and now it's going for 200 Any business would look at that and say, man, I, st I need to get into it because if this is you're, you're going to grow it out exponentially, it's going to continue continue to get bigger and bigger. So, uh, look, it's it's wonderful news for MLS. It's wonderful news for soccer in the United States because it's not just the MLS team. It's what these MLS teams are doing to communities to change fundamentally the way they even look about look look at themselves uh, as a community as a culture, the, the supporters culture that has arisen, uh, and then all the trickle-down stuff uh, with, uh, with developmental academies, and you know, just the branding, and just soccer in general being a part of the landscape and being part of everybody's consciousness in a way that it hasn't been in the past. Once again, uh, it's not perfect, and there are still problems on and off the field that MLS has to continue to, to look at, um, but right now, I think MLS, and if, I, you know, if, Don, if you see Don Garber walking around here with a big old smile on his face, it's because he is sitting pretty right now with the situation that, to be quite honest, him uh, and a lot of others have worked very, very hard to attain. Okay, so if they continue to add teams and, mm -hmm. and, and another team and another team and maybe even, lo and behold, Raleigh, North Carolina, is there anything that you see that could complicate it with too many teams? Or do we have the structure now mm -hmm. between international and enough American players where it won't delineate the product at all? Uh, 
so I don't I don't worry as much as I did in the early days of the dilution of the product, and that and that's for for a number of reasons, not the least of which is MLS. And once again, agree or disagree, has really gone out of its way to encourage um, international signings. I mean, the, we we live in an international market, but it's an international market that now we are players in, uh, not players as, as as actual on the field players, but players in <laughs> in that we are involved in transfer fees, we are involved in bidding for players and trying to get talent and talent that wouldn't have come here in the past now looks at it as a viable option. And so that whole market opens up. So regardless of how many teams, there's still players out there. The domestic player uh, certainly is going to be given more opportunities the more teams there are out there. So, you know, I look at it as uh, there's a possibility, and everyone talks about promotion relegation, you could potentially in the future have an MLS 1 and an MLS 2, which is a bastardized version of promotion relegation because it would be, for all intents and purposes, intra-MLS type of promotion relegation, but you would still have that concept of you want to be in the top league. There's still a lot of hurdles to get to something like that, not the least of which is ownership that bought into a certain structure and now you're changing the, uh, the rules midstream and how do you do something like that. But I, I don't think it's going to stop, uh, and I don't think it is a it is a bad thing. You have some of these, these cities and, and these communities that look at soccer in a unique way, because a soccer team represents the international aspect um, and the cosmopolitan aspect that a lot of these cities want to marry themselves with. And it, it does it in such a unique and different way than any other sport out there. And so I think that's why it's really attractive to a lot of cities and communities. Lexi, great job covering the new hiring of Greg Berhalter and the status of the national team. Incredible job covering Major League Soccer. Because you're here with Fox and the Women's World Cup is going to be on. I can't wait. Of course, the women are the defending champions. I've got the great honor of calling the North Carolina Courage, which I think could win the World Cup on their own. They're that good. They only lost one game last yep. year. I mean, they're phenomenal. And as you look at it that's a different kind of pressure i mean they gotta win it or it's no good right that's the way it goes either win it or it's a failure and that's that's they have created this situation it's a good thing and, and they they would they would say the same thing they understand that it's win or go home second place for the u.s women's national team at a world cup is not acceptable and not something uh that they certainly aspire to i was just uh, doing a one-on-one uh, panel with uh, amanda duffy from uh, nwsl and you know hearing the the understanding and the recognition and the respect of what's happening this summer with the Women's World Cup, which, by the way, we're going to blow out from a Fox perspective. It's going to be great. You know, we'll be in Paris and we'll have all the bells and whistles. And you've seen our sets, either whether it's in Vancouver or whether it was in Russia this past summer. And I, I, I guarantee that the talent that you're going to see, the pictures that you're going to see, the stories that we're going to tell are going to be unlike anything that we have done before in that we will keep pushing it further and further along. But for me, uh, it's a great opportunity for soccer but also women's soccer and that's why you know i was talking to amanda earlier being prepared for that because it's not just this incredible u.s women's national team that is populated for the most part uh, almost entirely by players that play in uh, nwsl but it's also all the other players that we are going to see on the international stage that we see play week in and week out on nwsl but now we're going to be playing on the international stage and we will introduce people to those players that, that they can then see each and every week when they when they go home so it's a real opportunity for women's soccer and for the nwsl USL from a from a uh, from a U.S. Women's National Team perspective, like you said, they are the world champions. They are defending champions right now. You are looking at a U.S. Women's National Team that. With Jill Ellis, she's on a second cycle. We know that doesn't always go well for second cycles in uh, in national team history. Uh, we also are looking at a situation where Carly Lloyd, who, while the soccer folks know the world was exposed to her and, and introduced to her with that incredible shot heard around the world, and she was incredible four years ago, we're looking at a situation where she might not even start for this team. You're looking at a then Julie Johnson, who was an, an incredible breakout star on the back line as a central de- a defender, now uh, being, I think, one of the most important midfield components of that. You're also looking at a situation where for the first time since, what, 2007, this U.S. team will not have Hope Solo in goal. And even though Hope Solo is not going to be there, she is going to be a talking point because, uh, you know, uh, uh, when it comes to uh, Nair and uh, anybody else that possibly steps into those big, big shoes, the minute that anyone, a U.S. goalkeeper that's not named Hope Solo drops something or makes a mistake, the first thing that people are going to say is Hope Solo. So, so many things that we're going to talk about, so many 
stories that we can anticipate, but also just as you know in a World Cup, there's so many that we can't anticipate, and that's the fun thing of going on that long and winding road and that adventure of a World Cup, and I can't wait to go. Well, and you nailed all the stories, including the fact that without question, and just a short soundbite here, the NWSL really has been incredible for the U.S. Women's National Team and all those other national teams. Yeah, we're teams. making them all better. Indeed. And <laughs> in the same way time. MLS has made CONCACAF better. That's okay. That's all right. Competition is good. All right. Last thing here, Lexi, because it was so neat watching you as part of that 92 Olympic team. We covered it last time, too, in the 94 World Cup team. And you have been steadfast in this is what you want to do. I even asked you one time, sure. hey, do you want to be president of U.S. soccer? No, you love what you do. And like I saw Kobe yesterday and Kobe said, yeah, I kind of like it, but now I'm thinking I want to coach. And right. Harksy wants to coach. And Ronaldo wants to coach. And Miola wants to coach. There's a lot of people that want to coach. Sure. And there's not that many jobs, right? Sure. And what do you think from where you sit? These are guys who you like, you're friends with, you played with, you wore the red, white, and blue. Some of them have to go crazy paths to get there. What's your advice to them? I am so happy when I see someone like Eric Winalda or Brad Friedel or John Harks uh, get get a, get a job, get a coaching job. And if coach if Kobe wants to coach or something like that, I will support that 100% because I want people doing what they love. And as we, as we talked about before, in my, in my business, we find so many people that are just passing through and using television, broadcasting, media, whatever it ends up being as a way station until something better comes along. And I, I get it. You got to work, right? Um, but I, I, I don't want to be surrounded by people that aren't invested and junkies like I am because I think you can get away with it for a little bit, but it will ultimately manifest itself in your performance. And you're cheating not only yourself, but you're cheating the viewer or the listener. And I don't, I don't want to cheat anybody, not the least, which is myself. I don't want, I don't want to do that. Uh, and it's easier said than done. And that, that's, that's the nature of the business is that at times it's going to be transient with people coming through and looking for something else. I want to keep doing this. If I wanted a coach, I would do everything in my power to make that happen and, and leave no stone unturned and and it's it's I'm so ha- happy like I said when I see someone like Eric Winalda who was dying to coach and as you said it's it's a musical chairs type of thing where that music stops and not everybody has a chair and so when they do finally get an opportunity I, I, I wish them all the success because they are finally in a position where they are doing a hundred percent what they what they love the the situation that I want around me from a from a TV perspective is exactly what they're doing they are hundred percent invested and committed to what they're doing and that's what you need in any walk of life all right, last thing. I don't want to cheat you ever because you've been so great to me always, and I appreciate it. So promote Fox, but then also, if you're still playing any music, go ahead and sure. plug that as well because I think fans like that. No, I continue to put out music. Uh, I put out another album last year, uh, which uh, you know you can certainly get on all you know Spotify and iTunes and all the different platforms out there. This last album's called Sunshine. I'll have another one out, I think, this summer. I'm working on it. I got the whole batch of songs. We'll see if we can get it out by uh, next summer. It's something I love to do, a labor of love. Uh, I've always been involved in music, as, uh, as you know. Uh, and so for all three of you that uh, ever uh, listen to my music, thank you so much, Mom. Thanks. Uh, so we do that. And then, but, you know, my, my, my real job, obviously, is to talk about soccer. And we'll be talking about soccer this summer, both in a Women's World Cup capacity over there in France uh, and also uh, from a Gold Cup capacity because, as we said, this is the first time under Greg Berhalter that he's going to be in a competitive environment. The first time we'll see this national team in a competitive environment since the huge failure in the fall of 2017. So a lot of good stuff from a soccer perspective on and off the field to look forward to in 2019. You're doing your part, uh, and thank you so much for doing that. I mean, we it is it is our thing. It is La Cosa Nostra, mm-hmm. you know, warts and all, and we love it. We're protective of it, but ultimately it comes from a good thing, and we might go in different directions and have different ideas about how, how, how to go about it, but ultimately this is something that we love, uh, this unique and different and special soccer culture and world that exists uh, in the United States. And t- please tell me Rutgers is going to win some games too. Well, you know, we just made a coaching change, so uh, I'm hoping that our fortunes change because Rutgers certainly should be much better than it has been in the past, and uh, I would love to see that. Lexi Lalas, plug and Thank play. You, it's always great to spend time with Alexi Lalas. We appreciate Amanda Mitchell and Bijan as Smiley kicking things off, talking about footymarket.com and their collaboration with Josie Altador as well. Remember, Josie Altador, he will be on this program sometime next month. Look forward to that and getting his take on this incredible initiative, Footy Market, footymarket.com. I also want to thank Ian Barker, Director of Coaching Education for United Soccer Coaches. As always, Michael Knipper, Dr. K, as I call him, Sean Chevrolet, and the entire gang. We'll see you in a couple weeks right here for another edition of United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap.
Team Snap's awesome. I have five teams on Team Snap. There are no questions asked by the players, the parents. Very easy to use. Very, very, very easy. Simple to use. Everyone, you know, everything's right there. Messages, availability, boom, boom, boom. I've looked at other at other things, and I think Team Snap sets the bar for this type of team management software. It's the best that I found.